Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we delve into In Praise of Walking, an enlightening journey authored by neuroscientist Shane O'Mara that unveils the profound impact of walking on our health, creativity, and social life. With his extensive research background as a professor of experimental brain research at Trinity College Dublin, and his experience as the principal investigator at the college's Institute of Neuroscience, O'Mara guides us through the scientific layers that reveal walking as a defining trait of humanity. This insightful book is not just for science aficionados eager to understand the interplay between the body and mind. It also caters to those passionate about walking and individuals seeking motivation to incorporate more physical activity into their lives. Omara's credentials, including his role as a Wellcome Trust senior investigator and authorship of informative titles like Why Torture Doesn't Work, The Neuroscience of Interrogation, and A Brain for Business, A Brain for Life, underscore the depth of expertise he brings to this exploration. Whether you're a pedestrian by nature or looking for inspiration to step out more often, In Praise of Walking promises to enrich your perspective on this simple yet powerful activity. Join us as we take a stride through the science and soul of walking. In Praise of Walking, the new science of how we walk and why it's good for us. Introduction. The quintessential human experience. Walking and its significance. What truly makes us human? Is it the nimble dexterity of our fingers, the sheer complexity of our brains, or perhaps our capacity for nuanced language? While these attributes are undeniably central to our human identity, there's an element that doesn't always get the limelight it deserves, our distinctive habit of walking. Standing on two legs and strolling with an upright posture isn't just a mode of transportation. It's a hallmark of our evolution a testament to our survival and adaptability. However, in the modern world where convenience is king, we've become increasingly sedentary, relying on vehicles to whisk us from point A to point B. This shift has inadvertently led us to neglect the very activity that helped define us. This narrative will take you on a journey, no pun intended, exploring the critical mistakes we make by disregarding our two-footed nature. As we delve deeper, We'll uncover the physical and mental repercussions of walking too little and reveal the myriad benefits that come from simply stepping out and sauntering around. Through this exploration, you'll discover how our evolutionary journey sets us apart from organisms like sea squirts, the traits that make a city conducive to walking, and how the simple act of walking can unlock a wellspring of creativity within you. As we embark on this path, Let's open our minds to the understanding that walking is much more than just a way to get around. It's an essential ingredient in the recipe for holistic health and well-being, and a catalyst for sparking the creative fire that burns within all of us. Part 1. Walking. A complex dance of mind and muscle. When considering how humans glide gracefully on two legs, let's first draw a parallel with an entirely different organism. The sea squirt. This aquatic wanderer initially demonstrates remarkable mobility, zipping through water in search of sustenance, equipped with a brain, an eye, 
and a spinal cord. Yet, upon finding a rock to call home, it discards its mobility and astonishingly consumes its own nervous system. Why this eerie tale of the sea squirt? It serves as a stark reminder that without movement, our complex nervous systems would be superfluous. The key message is that moving around isn't as simple as putting one foot in front of the other. It's a process deeply rooted in our cognitive functions. Let's set the sea squirt aside and bring us back to the human realm. Humans and sea squirts may differ significantly, yet there are surprising similarities beneath the surface. Comparing the genes of a seemingly unrelated duo, a little skate and a mouse, researchers found common genetic threads related to mobility. These threads connect us all the way back to our aquatic ancestors, showing that the essence of movement has been with us for eons. Distinct among our primate cousins, humans stand and move apart with our upright gait. Evolution gifted us two-legged locomotion, not just because it looks elegant, it's also about efficiency. It grants us the ability to traverse vast distances while hauling various items, be it offspring, foraging finds, or tools. However, mastering bipedal balance is no trivial feat. Toddlers, our little humans in training, tumble frequently, about 17 times an hour, amid taking more than 2,000 steps as they master this skill. Even robots, with all their technological sophistication, struggle to emulate our bipedal prowess. We owe our success in this dynamic balancing act to the brain, specifically its knack for inertial guidance, perpetually running complex calculations to keep us upright. Picture the line from the corner of your eye to your ear canal. The brain's goal is to maintain this line parallel to the firm ground beneath you. But let's not forget the role of the spinal cord. While the brain deals with balance, the spinal cord orchestrates the rhythmic dance steps of our hearts, lungs and legs needed for walking. This partnership of the brain and spinal cord, something the sea squirt chooses to quite literally digest after settling down, is what our species taps into to fully enjoy the liberty of locomotion. So stride with pride, appreciating that each step you take is a testament to a deeply intricate evolutionary legacy. Remember, to walk is not just to move. It's to engage in a beautifully complex dance of mind and muscle. And this, fellow walkers, is something definitely worth keeping. Part 2. Unwrapping the Mysteries of Our Built-in Navigation System Consider the complexity of navigating without the aid of modern technology. Imagine, if you will, embarking on a journey through the labyrinthine streets of London, from the north in Highgate to the southern reaches in Streatham, sans map or smartphone. How would you find your way? This isn't just a hypothetical scenario. It mirrors an actual challenge faced by the author years ago. The task demanded a reliance on something akin to an inner compass, an instinctual sense we might compare to a homing pigeon's directional savvy. This innate orientation guiding us homeward is known as dead reckoning or path integration. The key message illustrating our navigational prowess, scientists are gradually uncovering the inner workings of our sense of direction. During that map-free traverse through London, it became evident that our ability to find our path isn't just about visual familiarity. 
experiments have shown that those deprived of sight, whether temporarily blindfolded or visually impaired, possess a comparable spatial awareness to those who can see. Delving into the cerebral depths, neuroscientist John O'Keefe's pioneering work illuminated some of the brain's most enigmatic features. He found that specific cells around the hippocampus become active when rats enter a known space, lighting up with recognition. These cells, aptly dubbed place cells, are lighthouses of spatial memory, and as it turns out, humans are equipped with them too. But the cartography of our minds doesn't end with place cells. There are head direction cells, our internal compass pointing us in the right orientation, and cells that activate in response to nearby objects. Even the author's own research into perimeter cells has highlighted how our brains engage with the boundaries that define our environments. Imagine your brain as a dynamic GPS system, continually mapping and remapping your surroundings with each step you take. With each stride, synapses fire, cells light up, and we intricately chart our course through the world, tapping into a deep-seated navigational network as ancient and intrinsic as the journey of life itself. Part 3. Crafting Cities for the Walking Era Imagine a trip to the heart of Italy, lounging in an outdoor cafe as twilight falls. The streets brim with people indulging in the passeggiata, a leisurely evening stroll that fosters community and togetherness. This daily ritual, a tranquil respite from the clamour of daily life, is a tradition we could benefit from embracing in our own cities. However, Current urban design often neglects the walker's perspective. In a world where over half the population urbanizes, with projections soaring up to 80 or 90 percent by 2050, city planning has revolved predominantly around vehicular traffic, relegating foot travel to an afterthought. This approach starkly contrasts with what our well being dictates. The key message we gather here the walkability of our cities is not just a luxury, it's imperative. Ask yourself, what are the hallmarks of a walker-friendly city? A network of destinations like markets, schools and workplaces should be within a stone's throw for residents. Equally crucial is the quality of these walking routes, secure, appealing and lively, akin to an inviting living room, embellished for enjoyment. Green spaces play a pivotal role too. Consider the verdant expanse of London's Hyde Park or the sprawling oasis that is New York's Central Park. And then there's the matter of inclusivity. Walkable cities must cater to the older demographic, with infrastructure such as pedestrian crossings designed with their mobility in mind. Creating walkable cities might sound like a whimsical urban blueprint, but the rewards are massive. The ease of accessing economic hubs on foot stimulates financial activity. Walkability correlates with economic vitality. Some studies even indicate that time spent driving negatively impacts productivity. Advocates for walk-friendly cities advocate for the acronym EASE, easy, accessible, safe, and enjoyable. Principles that should guide urban designs to favor pedestrians. In a surprising turn, the author shifts the conversation from architects and planners to psychologists and neuroscientists who intimately understand the links between environment, movement, and mental well-being. By engaging these experts in the urban design process, cities could transform into havens that not only promote walking, 
but cultivate a quality of life reminiscent of the Italian passeggiata, making leisurely strolls part of the societal fabric wherever we may call home. Lean part four, stroll your way to a happier, healthier mind and body. Recall the sluggishness that lingers after days spent cooped up in an office or at home. It's familiar to us all, that feeling of irritability, that sense of being off kilter. Strikingly, these moods are more than just passing clouds. They reflect subtle shifts in our personalities linked to physical inactivity. Lesser movement is scientifically tied to decreased extroversion, openness, and agreeableness. In essence, sedentariness doesn't just change us, it can dim the light of our better selves. So what's the antidote to this descent into gloom? The simplest of human motions? Walking. Here emerges the mantra of wellness. Walking is profoundly therapeutic. Dating back to the erudition of Hippocrates, walking holds the venerable title of best medicine. Our modern lifestyle, with its disproportionate inside living, as research states an average of 87% of our lives within walls, would understandably dismay this ancient physician. Yet, it's not merely a hunch that the act of walking, particularly outdoors, enriches well-being. Studies suggest that regular locomotion could slash future depression rates by approximately 12% if each person committed merely an hour a week to it. Further UK research applauds the mental rejuvenation carried by visits to natural settings. But the boons of walking extend beyond mood elevation. The very fabric of our brain benefits from its repetitive rhythm, spawning new cells that sharpen memory and learning. Moreover, Muscles echo the credo, use it or lose it, with neglect leading to atrophy. To keep our muscles in top form, they must experience the strain and strength of regular use. Any exercise can light this internal furnace, but it is the act of walking outdoors that stokes the most vibrant flames of well-being. Ponder a study from Ottawa. Participants walked equal distances but chose different paths, some beside a serene river, others through a somber tunnel. The outcome? The river walkers reported a surge in positive moods compared to their tunnel trekking counterparts. Thus, whether it is cultivating cognitive clarity, invigorating muscles, or instilling peace of mind, walking, especially among the whispers of greenery under the open sky, is your steadfast ally. So lace up your shoes, step out, and claim the enriching elixir that is a good walk. Part 5 take a walk, and let the ideas flow. Picture the cobblestone streets of 19th century Dublin, where mathematician Sir William Rowan Hamilton wrestled with complex problems of numbers. His daily ritual, a two-hour walk, was about to pay off, not just as a form of exercise, but as a catalyst for genius. One fateful day, as Hamilton wandered, the solution to his intricate mathematical puzzle emerged clear as day, compelling him to etch the seminal equation I2 equals sign J2 equals sign K2 equals sign IJK equals sign 1 onto the side of Brougham Bridge. This spontaneous scribble laid a foundation for quaternion theory, forever altering the landscape of mathematics. To this day, mathematicians celebrate Hamilton Walk to honor that stroke of insight. And so we come to the core revelation, walking is a wellspring of creativity.
The power of a good stroll can't be overstated. It has animated the minds of countless thinkers and creators, from the literary reflections of Henry David Thoreau and William Wordsworth to Friedrich Nietzsche's philosophical epiphanies. But what ignites this creative combustion within our brains during a leisurely walk? Our brain oscillates between two states, the active, task-oriented mode and the uninhibited, daydream-like default mode. The latter, often underestimated, is actually essential for mental clarity and strategic thinking. The intersection of these brain states appears to be a fertile ground for creativity, and it's during walks that this crossroad is often reached. As we navigate the physical environment, our hippocampus, a hub for memory and spatial awareness, becomes a dynamo of activity. It's important to note that walking may not advance uninspired tasks that require straightforward calculations. Yet, when it comes to creative quandaries, envisaging the unimagined or connecting disparate thoughts, walking seems to infuse the mind with a potent blend of focus and freedom the author deems active idleness. So before you resign to grappling with challenging problems in the confines of four walls, consider this invitation to walk on it. Whether it's a conundrum at work or a personal project, permit yourself the gift of ambulatory rumination. Put one foot in front of the other, allow your mind to meander, and you just might stumble upon your own eureka moment. No bridges or penknives necessary. Part 6. Step by Step, Walking Connects Us All Walking embodies far more than a solitary venture of drifting thoughts. At its essence, walking is a thread that weaves through the fabric of our social lives. As Mark Twain eloquently observed, the deepest joy of walking lies in the shared conversations, the communion of minds in motion. Indeed, even research lends its voice to this chorus validating that walking is socially enriching. A study highlighted that elderly individuals who indulged in about 150 minutes of walking per week not only had more social interactions but also experienced improved well-being compared to their less ambulatory peers. For children, too, mastering the walk is the gateway to a whole new realm of social play and communication. Here's the central social truth of walking. It's an inherently communal act. The communal aspect of walking isn't limited to those who walk side by side. Consider the pilgrim's solitary journey, an individual path walked with a collective consciousness, connecting them to others who walk for shared beliefs or causes. Wander through a bustling city alone, and you are still part of a greater social tapestry, shaped by the throngs and gatherings you encounter. The phenomenon of people unwittingly sinking their steps when walking together is both commonplace and rooted in a complex neurological ballet of anticipation and adaptation, a dance step yet to be mastered by our robotic counterparts. This synchronization isn't a trivial matter. It signifies a deeper connection. Within large groups, be it during protests or parades, this shared rhythm can culminate in a psychological exhilaration, a communal joy stemming from the act of moving together, so the call to action rings out. We must cherish our capacity to walk. This isn't just a suggestion for individuals who seek a healthier lifestyle, but a clarion call for policymakers, urban designers, and health professionals alike. 
encouraging, and enabling walking should be a societal imperative, with cityscapes designed to embrace and enhance this most human of activities. In conclusion, our streets should be transformed into corridors of greenery, our crossings tailored for ease of passage, all to honor and facilitate the act of walking. For as we have discovered, walking not only grounds us in our humanity, but also uplifts us in ways that transcend our expectations. Through walking, it becomes clear, one step at a time, we connect, we resonate, we truly live. Final summary. In summary, walking transcends a mere physical act, emerging as a multifaceted elixir for our being. What might seem an ordinary ambulation is, in fact, a profound catalyst for a multitude of benefits that touch upon our physical vigor, mental acuity, and social bonds. The science behind the seemingly effortless action of walking unveils its complexity. Every step we take stages a marvel of neurological and physiological coordination. As we walk, our mood lifts, creativity sparks, and our social world expands. Be it a problem to unravel or a relationship to foster, walking can be the background against which solutions and connections flourish. The onus falls not only upon individuals to wear their souls in pursuit of health, City planners and policymakers alike should turn their sights to these truths, sculpting urban environments that encourage, celebrate, and prioritize the pedestrian. In essence, let us not forget the humble walk. It's an avenue toward a richer life, beckoning us to take those steps toward a more balanced, inspired, and connected existence. Whether it's for health, for pleasure, or for a divine spark of inspiration, it's time we all stepped up to the enduring call of the walk. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.